0: They should ask for sanctions on Israel in order to dismantle this colonial regime, where in the ICC, the maximum that we can see is individual uh, criminalization.
1: The Electronic Intifada. The
2: Electronic Intifada.
1: The Electronic Intifada. Intifada.
2: This is the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman.
1: And I'm Asa Winstanley.
2: Welcome back to the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. Asa Win Stanley is off this week. We're delighted today to be joined by Sahar Francis, director of Adamir, the Prisoners Support and Human Rights Association and Ahmed Abu Ful, legal researcher and advocacy officer at Al-Haq. Both Sahar and Ahmed's organizations are two of the six Palestinian civil society groups that Israel's defense minister, Benny Gantz, designated last fall as, quote, terrorist organizations. A clear attempt to disrupt and destroy the work of these groups, and especially their ongoing gathering of evidence to take Israel to the international uh, to the International Criminal Court for its violations of Palestinian human rights. In one moment, we'll go to our guests and talk about updates in the ICC investigations. But first, here are some excerpts of a February panel organized by the Carter Center called Palestinian Civil Society Under Threat, featuring Sahar Francis and Shawan Jabarin of Al-Haq, along with many other representatives of Palestinian organizations. Let's go to that.
0: We were facing uh, attacks much, much before this designation. And there's other forms of uh, uh, harassment and intimidation uh, and uh, 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 tools that they were trying to use in order to silence us, like... Several colleagues were arrested, whether under administrative detention or uh, 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 charged and convicted. And uh, raiding the office of Domir several times in two thousand two, in two thousand twelve, in two thousand nineteen, stealing computers, cameras, and missing the files and stealing material from the offices and uh, uh, putting restrictions of movement against. Uh, the staff members, board members, and general assembly members, and all the smear campaign that were led by the NGO Monitor and other uh, Israeli right-wing organizations over the last couple of years, and uh, trying really to uh, distribute false information uh, uh, against us in order to affect mainly our donors and our supporters in the international level. So we were kind of aware how much uh, uh, our work is bothering them is uh, that they are worried and uh, they know that we are succeeding at some point in the legal work and the uh, uh, accountability in the international level, especially with the UN and the ICC. And we are expecting that we will pay a price for such a, a work that we are doing.
3: If they want to close the door before the peaceful and legal way to defend rights, which way they want to live for people to defend their rights? This is an issue. Another thing is, is this an action of democratic society or democratic government or democratic action? This is also another one. The third one is we are speaking about the most credible organizations also. The organizations received awards for their work. One of their award is Carter Award for Al-Haq, for instance, in 89. This is an issue. Another thing is also even just a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, organizations nominated to Nobel Prize for their work and I think this is an issue and this is the reasons, if you want to uproot and to close the door before this kind of work, which work you want to stay, to fight against oppression, to fight against injustice, to fight against uh, apartheid regime, to fight against all of these horrible uh, crimes taking place on a daily basis in Palestine. That's the main thing. Another thing is also what's about, you know, just secret file and there is no evidence. And you can ask the American officials, do they have evidence? Did they receive really a credible evidence from the Israeli side? This is the case. If they want something, they can send also a mission from a Congress, for instance, to Palestine to investigate the situation here. And we accept that. Please
2: do. Sahar Francis and Ahmed Abu Fool, thank you so much for being with us today on the Electronic Intifada podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
2: Of course. Um, Ahmed, let's start with you. Can you talk about any updates in the process of bringing an investigation into Israel's crimes to the ICC, even as Israel and of course the US and Canada have tried uh, to stifle any progress? Are you still compiling evidence for investigators?
1: Um, yes, sure. Well, um, maybe the short answer would be that to, to, to indicate that on, on 3rd of March 2021 the ICC a former prosecutor, uh, Fatou bin Souda officially announced the initiation of its investigation the situation in Palestine. The investigation currently uh, uh, focused on possible war crimes related to uh, um, three uh, um, areas. First is the, the related to the 2014 military offensive in Gaza. Uh, second to the 2018-2019 uh, Gaza protest known as the Great March of Return. And third, on the uh, Israeli illegal settlements in the West Bank. Now, supposedly the next step—the next step should be uh, moving from situation stage to um, a case-building uh, stage. So, in other words, building specific cases, identifying perpetrators, and subsequently request someone to appear or arrest warrants. This is, in short, where we are at right now. But um, perhaps it's it's useful to give um, a brief uh, procedure history of 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 how we got uh, here. As a matter of fact, Palestine's journey in the pursuit for justice at the ICC started long before uh, that date, before last year, 2021. Perhaps um, to start with the situation Palestine was initially brought brought to to the ICC in 2009, after the offensive in Gaza, when Palestine lodged a declaration under Article 12, Paragraph 3, Uh, recognizing the court jurisdiction, which is on a voluntary basis, a a state that is not a party to the court can accept the court jurisdiction. In April 2012, uh, the then prosecutor concluded that the status status of Palestine at the UN as an observer entity was determinative uh, since the accession to the Rome Statute uh, usually takes place by lodging uh, um, um, the accession to the UN Secretary General as the acting uh, depository. And therefore, Palestine could not, this was the conclusion of the persecutor, could not accede to the Roma statute and could not lodge a, a, the, the declaration in accordance with Article 12, Paragraph 3. Um, after that, in November t- 2012, Palestine's status at the UN was elevated to a non-member observer status. And therefore, Um, subsequently in in January 2015, Palestine could accede to the Roman Statute. Two weeks later, the the Office of Prosecutor started a permanent examination in the case. Um, Notably here, since you asked me about states that tried to to obstruct the the investigation, Canada was the only state uh, party, the only ICC state party at that time, to lodge an objection to the uh, UN Secretary General claiming that Palestine does not meet the criteria of uh, a state under international law, and that Palestine is not recognized by Canada as a state, and therefore it's not able to exceed the Roman statute. Of course, this did not have um, effect, although arguably, arguably, if this would have effect, uh, it could only be on the uh, treaty relations between the two states, not on Palestine's ability to join. Uh, the Roman statute. In May 2018, uh, apparently because the Burma examination was taking very long, Palestine submitted to the prosecutor a referral pursuant to Article 13, Paragraph A, and Article 14, which is known as a self referral in this case when a state party refers the uh, situation in, in, uh, in its territory to the court. And this was a novel situation to, to the ICC. As a matter of fact, it was the first Uh, refer in a sense of a complaint, since it was against um, nationals of a third state, in this case uh, of an occupying power. In December uh, 2019, the prosecutor announced that the permit examination was completed and uh, that all the uh, statutory criteria for opening investigation had been met. On the same day, the prosecutor requested from the pre-trial chamber jurisdictional ruling on the scope of its territorial jurisdiction. Uh, And some have argued that this uh, was not necessary. Indeed, it it was not necessary. The the prosecutor did not need uh, uh, an authorization from the court, Um, but at that time, the the prosecutor deemed that this was um, important for her to proceed uh, in the investigation. In its request, the um, Fatou Suda, the then prosecutor noted that there is reasonable belief, and this is important to note, since 2019, before even starting an investigation, she noted that there, there is reasonable basis to believe that war crimes have been or are being committed in the occupied Palestinian territory. And therefore, it has already identified potential cases, and I'm, quote, I'm quoting what she said, identified potential cases arising uh, from the situation which would be admissible. So, to to it, it's clear that the then prosecutor had already identified cases and could uh, um, start uh, with building the case and identifying perpetrators. Now, in in, in January two thousand twenty, the um, the ICC started uh, the procedure and invited um, experts known as Amicus Korea briefs a fr- Friends of the Courts to submit their opinion uh, uh, on the case. And uh, it granted 34 Amicus Korea requests to submit uh, observations to the court and nine requests from international organizations and state. The League of Arab State and the Organization of Islamic Cooperations were the two organizations in favor of the court's jurisdiction over the occupied Palestinian territory, and seven states submitted against the the uh, the ICC jurisdiction, and these were uh, the Czech Republic, Germany, uh, Austria, uh, Hungary, Australia, Brazil, and Uganda. And as you can see, many of them uh, now are very enthusiastic about the uh, uh, the investigation in Ukraine. On fifth of February twenty twenty one, the pre-trial chamber issued its decision that. The ICC territorial jurisdiction uh, uh, extend to the Palestinian, uh, to the occupied Palestinian territory in its entirety. In other words, the West Bank, including East Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip. And in March 2021, uh, the the prosecutor Fatima Suda, and the former prosecutor announced that she initiated her investigation in the situation in Palestine. That's that's where we're at uh, right now as to to providing evidence to, to the court, Palestinian organizations have not stopped uh, um, providing evidence uh, to the court and continue to do so. As a matter of fact, Palestinian organizations are uh, in a way the only access the court have to, to the requisite documentation of the human rights violations and the uh, alleged crimes committed in Palestine, since Israel does not allow any uh, uh, investigative body to access the occupied territory, and not only the ICC, even the special rapporteurs of the UN and the Commission of Inquiries.
2: So, where does that leave the investigation now? Like, what is the you know you're still compiling evidence, but where is it going, and what is the next step? Especially as the as there is a new um, you know director of the ICC, uh, lead lead investigator. I mean.
1: As I mentioned, now uh, the situation should move from uh, uh, a situation under investigation to the stage of building cases, identifying specific cases and uh, identifying perpetrators. And um, therefore, after that, we hope to see uh, requests for arrest warrants and and summons to appears. But this has um, not yet happened. So we're at that stage. Thanks, Ahmed,
2: um, Sahar, uh, and Ahmed. Um, can you talk about the double standard? You alluded to it a little bit, Ahmed, uh, being applied to Russia at the moment, when Western countries, many of those who have, um, you know, stood in the way of the ICC, um, you know, launching these investigations into Israeli war crimes, saying that they, you know, it was fast tracked. Um, the US was saying that that they had. Um, you know, started a process to push the ICC to investigate Russia over its invasion of Ukraine, while at the same time, these countries are, as you, as you mentioned, trying to shield Israel from accountability. Um, Sahar, what are your thoughts on, on how you see these, you know, Western countries rushing to the ICC right now, while, um, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to discredit Palestine's investigations?
0: Um, Honestly, I wasn't surprised by this double standard, Hippocratic position because uh, we are so familiar with this double standard behave, especially from the United States, uh, Canada, uh, uh, European countries, that they are uh, uh, for decades now um, uh, putting all their efforts in order to ban us from reaching accountability Uh, Via other platforms, whether internally in the UN human rights mechanisms by objecting and putting obstacles and abstaining from the uh, chapter seven uh, discussion in uh, item seven, uh, sorry, discussion in the human rights council session or blocking any efforts in local domestic uh, justice systems In Europe and in other places. So, actually, it was expected that in the ICC level, they would put all the efforts they have in order uh, to block the Palestinians from reaching this uh, uh, opportunity. And uh, especially now, with the position of the United States, that they were punishing the uh, uh, ICC and the office, uh, the prosecutor office, over the decision on the Palestinian case now that they are supporting that the same body will investigate Russia uh, uh, on the uh, Ukraine war. This is just disclose how how serious the politicization for the uh, international human rights standards and the international law. And I think Uh, uh, all human rights defenders and human rights organizations have responsibilities to be uh, um, much vocal over uh, this uh, Hippocratic uh, behave and political interfere in the work of the uh, ICC. And such double standards should end because with such behave, there's no justice going to come for any victim or no real accountability for any perpetrator in our world.
2: Ahmed, did you want to add to that?
1: Well, yes, I think one needs to differentiate. Like, if we're talking about double standards of states, it's not really surprising because this has always been the case uh, uh, um, when it comes to to Israel. There's always this uh, special treatment. It's not being held to the same uh, standards of... Any other uh, states, but when it comes to to the court, I would professionally and and personally speaking, I would be reluctant to say that there is uh, double standards. I think uh, so far the the prosecutor is navigating his way through a very, um, in my view, very difficult dynamic, uh, and it could be that he's uh, using the opportunity. For example, we heard the prosecutor um, announcing. Um, uh, a request for voluntary contribution. The, the ICC has had this financial um, budgetary problem for, for years um, and y- you can see the difference between the, the um, what the prosecutor is asking for and what the states are responding to. So for example, he says voluntary contribution uh, for the support of his office across situations, meaning that no state can actually contribute financially for a specific investigation. That's not how international justice work. While at the same time, the way states are responding, they're declaring that they're contributing to to support the investigation in Ukraine. Sometimes they don't even say it, but the whole statement is crafted to say uh, this. And in some cases, I would even uh, name one, um, the uh, French ambassador to to, to the Hague, Retweeted something, and then the prosecutor retweeted it and reaffirmed across situations. But states don't uh, don't uh, apparently understand that. So I think uh, it. it I, I understand that the prosecutor has to to find innovative way to uh, to get support for the court. But um, um, it's also a sensitive area. One has to be uh, to be careful of how international justice uh, worked. I would be very reluctant to say so far that there is. Uh, any um, double standards from the court but to be honest i i can conveniently claim that there is double standards if for example we would say we would see uh, a case being presented in the situation in ukraine before the situation in palestine simply because the timeline of of, of both situations is almost uh, similar um of course i'm not comparing two situations one cannot compare uh, two situations before the International Criminal Court. Every situation has its own uh, considerations, but uh, it would be very uh, strange if we see, uh, at least in, in my view, if we see a case being presented to the court in the situation in Ukraine uh, before a case uh, presented in the situation in Palestine. Especially as we just mentioned that uh, since the, pers- the, uh, the former prosecutor submitted uh, her request to the uh, pre-trial chamber, it declared that. The It had already identified cases uh, and they should be presented soon.
2: Thanks for that. Um, Let's talk about the kind of work that both of your organizations are involved in, including the establishment last year of an ongoing commission of inquiry to look at the root causes of Israel of Israel's systematic discrimination uh, on both sides of the green line. Sahar, can you take us through what this commission of inquiry is um, and and how Ademir uh, fits into that?
0: Yes, actually, this is the first time that the UN uh, appointing such investigative group to uh, dig into the root causes and not to investigate in a specific action of war crime or crimes against humanity like for example the goldstone uh, investigating committee after the war on gaza and uh, other in, uh, investigating um, inquiries or let's say the kind of work that uh, special rapporteurs are able to do so this is very important uh, and uh, very a uh, powerful uh, uh, body that we as Palestinians for the first time would be able to discuss really the uh, 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 root causes of the uh, Palestinian situation going even before 1948 uh, uh, when the Zionist movement started their ideology and project planned for Palestine and the. Uh, uh, colonization over uh, Palestine for decades. So, for example, in our work as a Damir, how it's connected as an organization that specified on the uh, work with Palestinian prisoners in front of the Israeli occupation, whether military courts or civil courts, and so on. So for us, it's not about the specific cases of the prisoners and the detainees. It's about the phenomena of inventing a military control system uh, designed with the military orders and the military courts in order to obtain the uh, uh, control and the uh, persecution and oppression over the whole Palestinian community, all these decades. So it's very important. Uh, that in our meeting with the committee a couple of days ago, we highlighted uh, highlighted the practices and the policies of uh, torture, of arbitrary detention over decades in a widespread manner, uh, and uh, uh, how actually the law was manipulated in the uh, military courts and the legal procedures criminal procedures pretend to uh, uh, present this system as an objective uh, system that offers fair trial standards while in the reality it's designed in a way that no matter how much you uh, uh, put efforts, legal efforts, you cannot succeed. You cannot reach any uh, success in this uh, system because it's designed in order to maintain the control over the Palestinian society. So I hope that this committee would conclude that uh, uh, um, it's beyond occupation. It's not just occupation, it's illegal occupation. It's colonial settler regime that cannot, uh, and the response, the most important thing here is what would be the responsibilities of the third state parties and the international society, not just uh, uh, um, the responsibility of the state of Israel, but how we are going to force Israel to end the whole system uh, uh, of control and not just the occupation.
2: Ahmed, uh, what can you say about the work that Al is doing um, with this inquiry?
1: Uh, first, um, like about the, the the commission of inquiry itself, it's it's unique in every sense of the word and and, and, and very important. First, this is the 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 first commission of inquiry that uh, does not have a limited uh, um, time frame or scope. It's an ongoing commission of inquiry, and um, it it's mandated to to investigate the root causes. Uh, uh, of of the conflict or of the human rights violations that take place in the uh, against the Palestinian people, and most importantly, it it has the features of uh, an investigative body. So, uh, in addition to underlying the root causes of the conflict, it it has the mandate to collect, consolidate, and analyze uh, evidence of such violations. So, in that sense, I think. Uh, it's a very uh, important commission uh, of inquiry, and this is the first time that um, perhaps uh, an official body would look at uh, um, at the situation as a whole on both sides of the Green Line. Um, lately, we we see, for example, uh, the the fragmentation of the Palestinian people is not only uh, geographically; it's even in 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 the way this question is being perceived. So, for example. We have special rapporteur on the situation in the Occupied Palestinian Territory, who a few days ago concluded that Israel is committing uh, the crime uh, of apartheid. Uh, but because of his mandate that is only limited to the Occupied Palestinian Territory, he cannot address uh, apartheid uh, laws, practices and policies that take place uh, inside the Green Line. He cannot address uh, the denial of the right to return to Palestinian refugees uh, outside the, uh, the territory. Um, So in in, in that sense, I think um, it has a very important uh, uh, role. and addressing the root causes as Sahar mentioned would necessitate that this commission of inquiry uh, touch upon the um, settler colonial uh, uh, nature of this occupation. Israel does not have an ordinary occupation. There is no occupation in modern history that lasted for 55 years. Uh, This is not a, a temporary occupation. Uh, this is an intent to maintain uh, this regime. As a matter of fact, in, in, in my personal view, I think uh, uh, Israel needed this occupation. It, it, it's not like a situation that uh, Israel had to deal with and, and um, working to end the occupation, but it needed uh, the occupation to prolong uh, or, or to even uh, um, establish an apartheid regime that can last forever. It has instrumentalize the the international humanitarian law and the law uh, the uh, laws of armed conflict framework to pursue its colonial uh, objectives and this is clear from israel's uh, uh, settlements policy um, you have a state that uh, claims to um, to want peace but at the same time uh, keeps stealing basically uh, stealing land and uh, the settler colonial objective of having acquiring more land by force with less palestinian uh, people uh, i think is clear as for al haq work um, our mandate is very clear we we document human rights violations that take place in the occupied palestinian territory and against uh, the individual and collective rights of the palestinian people Regardless of the perpetrator, so we document everything. So whatever the the commission of inquiry asks for, we 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 provide. And I have to say, perhaps uh, this is one of the reasons that our organization, as uh, Lhak and Damir and others, uh, have been designated as terrorist organizations. It's because our work uh, hurts. Uh, Our work's basically uh, exposed uh, this uh, apartheid regime that. Attempts to um, portray itself to the world as um, the only democracy in the Middle East, which, in my view, uh, this is the only regime in the world that is self-proclaimed and West-promoted uh, as as only democracy. While well, in fact, it's an apartheid, racist regime. So um, I think, um, in in short, um, I cannot give details, but in short, I can assure you that in accordance with our mandate, we do everything in our power to provide the commission of inquiry or any investigative body that uh, is seeking to investigate international uh, crimes or human rights violations and will um, be uh, useful in providing justice for the victims affected by those violations. We will provide them with anything they need. We'll do everything in our power.
2: Um, you mentioned the um, the mounting declarations by UN envoys, by human rights organizations. Um, you know, in addition to the decades of <laughs> of analysis um, by Palestinian organizations that Israel is practicing apartheid. Um, it, it's you know, what do you think about whether the ICC? bringing it back to the to the international court for a minute. Um, whether the ICC could investigate Israel's apartheid system as a whole, even though its territorial jurisdiction is limited to the West Bank and Gaza, just as you pointed out with the UN rapporteur's um, does, you know, uh, jurisdiction. Could the commission of inquiry tapped by the UN Human Rights Council to investigate Israel's system of oppression as a whole um, you know, contribute to that? I mean, is there, is there a a chance that this jurisdiction can be applied to the entire, you know, breadth of historic Palestine geographically?
1: Um, as for the ICC, I think the the, um, the, the jurisdictional uh, limitations are are clear. It's the occupied Palestinian territory, namely uh, the West Bank, including East Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip. Now, the Commission of Inquiry can address the situation as a whole in both sides and the, the Green Line. The ICC cannot. But uh, the Commission of Inquiry can actually provide its uh, 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 conclusions, the evidence that collected or consolidated the... Uh, uh, the reports that has uh, conducted or investigations that has conducted, it it can uh, uh, transmit this to, to the Office of the Prosecutor. There is an open, I would assume, normally speaking, there is an open channel of communication. Uh, but this information can, for the ICC, can only be used when it comes to the occupied Palestinian territory. And when it comes to the crimes against hu- humanity of apartheid, uh, in my view, when it comes to the ICC it doesn't really uh, um, uh, make a difference whether the ICC addresses the um, situation as a whole or in the past century because crimes against humanity uh, of apartheid is a crime that requires uh, a high level uh, individuals to be taking these decision of uh, institutionalizing this regime of racial discrimination with the intent to maintain this regime. So either way, uh, um, it, it could um, the ICC could identify the same perpetrators for the scope of the Occupied Palestinian Territory, but the actions will have been committed for, uh, uh, against the Palestinian people as a whole. So uh, for for um, for the considerations of international justice, the ICC doesn't actually need to, to address the whole situation when it comes to the crime uh, of apartheid. It can only look at the Occupied Palestinian Territory um, and uh, prosecute uh, individual perpetrators. Uh,
2: Sahar, If you could touch upon Palestine being a litmus test of the legitimacy of the ICC and why it has global implications for the international legal system and human rights framework, um, what is the significance of of Palestine at the ICC?
0: Uh, I think it's a very important case because we are the only Uh, um, state under occupation, if you want, lasting, as Ahmed said, for decades, this is a unique uh, uh, occupation uh, case, and this is why we claim it's beyond occupation. It's more than the occupation according to the international uh, uh, humanitarian law standards, but I also wanted to highlight that I think this uh, uh, commission of inquiry that was founded last year, for me personally, as a a lawyer working in the field for the last 25 years, with all the efforts to reach accountability via the UN uh, mechanisms, is much more important than the ICC. uh, Because I think there is a potential in this committee because as ahmed described it's not limited on the time frame and its scope is to go and investigate for the root causes it's very important that they can include in their recommendations and conclusions specific actions that it's the responsibility of the general assembly and state parties which means They should ask for sanctions on Israel in order to dismantle this colonial regime where in the ICC, the maximum that we can seek is individual uh, uh, criminalization and accountability for individual Israeli perpetrators and not for the state and the whole system. The ICC is not going to prosecute Israel as a state and the system of this uh, um, state. So this is a very important difference. And this is, it's not contradicting. It's not undermining each other's work. It's complementary. As Ahmed said, the report Mm -hmm. of this commission could be used by the ICC. And this is why the, this is also why the Palestinian case is very unique and very important because <clears throat> I don't think we can ignore this long uh, decades of viola- systematic violation for every, almost every aspect of the international humanitarian law and all the way trying to avoid accountability. Israel was the only state almost in the UN that kept uh, uh, violating systematically and committing war crimes and crimes against humanity, all these more than 70 decades, without at least once to be accountable for what they are doing. And add on top, they are always trying to undermine the international humanitarian standards by uh, switching the uh, uh, definitions or the uh, explanation or what it means to implement and unfortunately we're totally supported by political uh, uh, motivated decision maker from the different countries especially the european countries and the united states at the end of the day it totally affected the international system I mean, on the legal level and the criminal, the international criminal system. And what it means, if we developed all these concepts of universal jurisdiction procedures in order to to enable states to uh, uh, prosecute perpetrators on very serious crimes that affects the whole humanity, like torture, how come? You when it comes for an Israeli perpetrator of a crime of torture. You you block your uh, uh, internal system in front of the Palestinians in order to protect the Israelis, so I think this is, should end and international humanitarian law and international human rights law should be really implemented equally and in the same way all over in any conflict, in any war, in any, uh, uh, for the uh, protection of any victim in the world. This is why the, the, the Palestinian case actually is the test case for this system. If it could be really a just system and a system that respects all victims, no matter what, what's their ethnicity or, or uh, color or belonging or whatever, or not, or it would be always bound by the political interests of this state or that state.
2: Absolutely. Um, Ahmed, did you want to add anything, um, Palestine? Uh, well, is yeah, I, I,
1: yeah, I, I just, uh, I would echo what Sahra uh, said. Palestine is indeed a test for the whole uh, world order the whole uh, post-Second um, uh, World War uh, order, the, the, um, the world has, um, has now uh, a world order that is established on or based on international law. And you have uh, this country, Israel, that is in fact uh, um, altering and, and jeopardizing this whole system by violating uh, international law and refuse to abide by its rules. Uh, Israel is the only country in the world that is still committing colonization and apartheid at the same time. Uh, Israel, like there's almost uh, um, no violation that Israel has not uh, uh, committed. The situation in Palestine is one of the most documented uh, situations in the whole world. One of the most protracted situations in the whole world. And yet uh, a climate of impunity uh, prevail. No justice is being provided. So, I think uh, this is a test to the uh, whole uh, board order, the whole international uh, law system, and to the ICC itself. The ICC has been criticized for, for a very long time that it only uh, targets African states. Uh, criticism of that personally I do not agree because simply these states actually uh, they asked the court to, to intervene. But in other situations where we have Palestine, a state party made a referral this is supposed to be stronger than any case because you have a state party that is meeting its uh, financial contribution, uh, meeting all of its obligations by the statute, but then the situation is not being uh, persecuted. Now it's over 13 years and no justice is being served. So I think this is uh, a test for, for for the ICC itself and, and I think would be a determinative factor for uh, its uh, future as an institution. Uh, maybe I would like to, also, add something when we talk about the, uh, the situation in Palestine and the occupied Palestinian territory, uh, the West Bank, including East Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip. This is only 22% of historic Palestine. but the This is the historic compromise that the Palestinians have made for peace. And yet, Israel finds the 22% very much so it wants to colonize and build settlements and acquire a territory by force from uh, those 22%. Um, from my um, very little experience in this field and interacting with, with Palestinians, uh, I think the Palestinians are uh, only asking for uh, for their rights, nothing more, and I can uh, assure you that they would never settle for nothing less, and they should not be asked to, to compromise uh, their human rights, uh, and I think uh, Again, the Palestinians are not asking for more than human rights. As a matter of fact, they're not even asking. I think the word misunderstood the Palestinians. They're demanding their human rights. They're entitled uh, to those rights. No one will be doing them a favor when, uh, when they achieve uh, their collective and individual rights. Uh, and uh, I, I think uh, one way or another, uh, this will be inevitable as any uh, case of colonization uh, has ended. Um, colonization and apartheid should not have a place uh, in this world, whether committed by uh, an European country or uh, African country or uh, wherever in, in the world, yeah, even if committed by Israel, which always have special treatment uh, in the West.
2: Thank you so much, Ahmed Abufool, legal researcher and advocacy officer at Al haq and Sahar Francis, director of Ademir. We will have links to both of your organizations and um, some of the recent um, investigations that you're uh, involved in and the commission, of course, uh, up on the electronic intifada. Uh, podcast post that accompanies this episode Sahar and Ahmed thank you so much for all of that that you do all of your work and um thanks for coming with us uh coming on with us at the electronic and Defada podcast
1: thanks thank you for having us thank you. thanks for watching this video please subscribe to our youtube channel hit like leave a comment These engagements help us with the YouTube algorithm and it helps us to get around Silicon Valley censorship as much as possible. It does make a difference. You can also support our journalism by going to electronicintifada.net and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you.